I was walking around uh, this morning. I went by the break room, and Barry, who usually joins us on Wednesdays to talk Wisconsin hockey, uh, he's on a business trip today. But a little part of Barry lives with us, boys. Look what I found in the break room. Oh! A Hausman Group koozie. Look at that. Bear? Yeah. I don't know if you're, is this is you're doing, Barry, but we appreciate it. It's probably best he's out of out of the city this week. Um, okay, so real quick on Wisconsin hockey. I was reading an article yesterday. They're terrible. The, yes. <laughs> there are, That's the real quick. Where Here's the headline. This is from the Wisconsin State Journal. Where does the Wisconsin men's hockey team go after an 0-4 start? Home. But here, here, listen to this. Where do you go? Lady, our badgers don't hurt me. No mas. No mas. There are two directions. Here's the, here's the first sentence. There are two directions that the rest of the University of Wisconsin men's hockey season can go after an 0-4 start based on precedent. The 9 the 2008-2009. precedent. Listen, listen. I know, I just. The, I, I think we all going to agree where they're going to go after I read this. The 08-09 badgers started 0-4. And then went 0-6-1 before finally breaking through with a third-period comeback in North Dakota to Brewster first victory, then started a 9-1-1 stretch over the rest of the first half of the season to race an awful beginning. They did not make the tournament, but the next year, they went for a national championship uh, run. What year was that? I went 0-8-0-9. They started 0-4. Okay, the 9-10. And then, boom, the run. Well, and, and then here's this. Here's the other, uh, based on precedent, the 2014-15 team, the most recent one to start 0-4 <laughs> before they just went off the rails. And Mike Eves was, see ya, fired. So there's two ways to go. 0-4, and then the next year you go to the national championship, or you get your coach fired. Boys, huh. I think we all know where this season's probably going to go. Yeah. Barry's not here to say it. He will never say anything like that because he it's likes to do the X's and O's. Roddy, which way now, do you think it goes? Granted, your first four games were against ranked teams. Well, they have a lot of ranked teams on this schedule. I know. Well, I would say definitely to the 0-6 part. That's for sure because <laughs> they played Duluth this weekend Ooh. at Duluth. But I would say being that we're a you know, Wisconsin sports, Madison area, that cover man. a lot of Wisconsin football, Green Bay Packers football, and then it's – Basketball's the bigger, more popular Bucks, sport yeah. than or than Badgers, hockey, me, yeah. and they all kind of start to overlap. You have the Bucks that are good now with Giannis. So we don't really talk a ton of Badger hockey outside of when Barry Richter's on every morning. And, we love you, Bear, uh, on Wednesdays. Love you too, Strobel. You got done wrong. I would just say overall, I think that the Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> hockey program is just lucky that I'm not a hockey guy. Because if they were this bad and I watched it all the time, I would be so upset. Just, I don't put, think you, just put them on Mount Notice for the heck of it. I don't think you really can watch them too much of the time. And second of all, Rowdy, I don't. I think after a while you just would do it like you did the Brewers. I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done. This is uh, man. They have been going. I would love to. I would love to know the TV ratings for that 2020 season, that COVID year, where uh, Caulfield was winning. What was it? The Hobie Baker. Man, he was sick too. Yeah. He was like the best player in college hockey. Wisconsin was winning games. They were winning the big 10 and no to one could see it in person. what it looks like yeah. this year. Ow. Sorry. I threw that at RJ, but that was the only way that you could see you could, that was the only way you could watch those games was through TV yeah, because no one yeah. was, no one was allowed in. I would love to see the highs that the TV ratings they got on the big 10 network was then 
to what the lows would be, I'd imagine oh, now. Lows. So uh, I don't think they've been on TV yet. Well, they've been on. They uh, were on Valley Sports. Bally, yeah. Let me ask you guys this: So, 2014-15 was the worst record in the program's modern era, and that is what got Eves fired. They went four, twenty-six, and five. Well, if you are looking to... What will the Badgers go? Will they have more than four wins? If you're looking to watch Wisconsin hockey on Friday, they do play on NBC 15. Oh. Is 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 it the the normal channel or like the point two? That's probably the point two. I'm just seeing on the schedule it says NBC 15. Yeah, I'm going to say that's... Ask Jocko about that. That's not the main channel. Well, that's Jocko about that. Will the Badgers have more than four wins this season? 2014-15 is when Eves was... Man, this is kind of tough. You look at this, they go from NBC 15 the next night, Saturday. They're on the oh, Madison Antenna TV. That's the... Okay, so maybe they are on... NBC 15. Wow. When and then that? it's Valley Sports, Valley Sports. Friday. I'm asking Jocko about that coming up. But then, yeah, there are the Michigan State, who's not a good team, but yet beat Wisconsin last year. Correct. <laughs> they are not televising that. No. That's probably, for, probably for good. Probably for the best. Uh, well, okay. Best. Here you go. All right, here we go. Here's their, here's their best shot of even tying that record of four losses. Four losses. Four I'm sorry. Four wins. Yeah, four losses. Be sick. Four wins. Twenty six losses. Five ties. Back to back series. November 11th and 12th versus Long Island, and then 18th and 19th RJ. There's no easy Lincoln games Wood. when you lose no, to Lakehead. I'm hey, saying RJ, that's your best. They shot. might fare well against Short Island, <laughs> but there's Long your best Island, shot of getting know. your four wins. That's because. Well, who are they going to play at the Quick Trip Holiday Face Off? They'll start with Lake Superior State, who in recent years has been decent, and that's who beat the Badgers uh, during the COVID year uh, on horrible ice conditions. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, But still, they overcame them and beat Wisconsin. Um, So that's their first game. I don't know who else is in there. They play two no matter what. Let's hope it's one of the worst. Teams and I'm just looking at you know kind of how the standings and the teams have trended as of late. They get four games against Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State has been pretty bad the last couple of years. Yep, and Wisconsin I think went one and three against them last year. That's how you have that's that's the recipe for a bad season. Yeah. Will Tony Granado be the coach next year? I don't see how he can be. I mean, if Paul, I, don't, I, don't, I can't if believe Paul Chris it. is being called into the principal's office and fired in season, how has he not been fired years ago? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, we're, wow. we're looking at it where the AD change is really in its infancy. And this, and this isn't year, his guy. This right. isn't McIntosh's this guy. This isn't his guy. Really, who in this athletic department as a coach is McIntosh's guy at their head coaching position right now? Well, I would say Jim Leonard. <laughs> without an interim tag. <laughs> I say Jim Leonard. A coach without an interim tag, who is McIntosh's hires? Hey, hey, I'm going to bring it full circle. When we ta- started talking about Barry Richter to start the segment, our guy Bear, guess who's guess who's been the best athletic director bringing in, guys? Pat Richter. Pat Richter. The like, Richters. You look at the success Alvarez had. It was all Richters. Most, yeah. Majority of the hires. We're all Richter. I'm actually surprised that they have allowed this to go on for as long as they have with Wisconsin hockey, being that hockey in Wisconsin is a money-making sport. Yes. Because normally, normally, 
There's like no one there. If, if you have a sport. For a while, it was what was keeping yeah, the athletic department as close to black as it could be. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting at. It's like if you have football, if you have like your men's basketball, your hockey, some of the sports that actually make money, yeah. those are the ones where you really care about who's coaching and how well they're doing. Yep. Because they make you money. And the better they do, the more money you get because more people yeah. watch and, and come to the games. Makes sense to so me. Surprise, it's been this bad uh, for so long. Up until the 2020s. It was a money maker for the university. You could go and sell out the Coliseum, and it was one of the biggest barns. And you could drink beer there. It was one of the biggest barns yeah. in the country. After talking about Badger hockey, it gets people a little pissed off. You know? Yeah, uh, I remember going as a kid. It was lit. It was like it was like sellouts. Uh, it was packed. It, it was it was sick. But now there's like two and, people there, and we were kind of talking about off air. It's become more diluted because a lot of colleges are now elevating their hockey programs to D1. But, like, the weird thing, okay, when you had uh, CCHA, WCHA, which is no longer a men's conference, that dissolved, um, uh, Hockey East and ECAC were, like, your big four, that was it for college hockey. Yeah. I mean, it, and now you go there, it's sad. Right. I, I don't it's know, don't you think, I don't know that what it is. You could play devil's advocate and say that. No, it is. They lose. That. For a team like Wisconsin that has had history of national championships, yeah. that probably in the hockey realm of things is looked at as a blue blood. Am I wrong on that? Oh, like no, you absolutely. have a lot of tradition Wouldn't and history and players in the NHL. Moving into the Big Ten where you had some of the lesser teams like a Michigan State or a, a new program that was just started not too long ago in Penn State, that you would be able to beat the hell out of them because you just out recruit them easily. Right. Right. right? Like, yep. and, and like on paper, some of these big 10 hockey schools are newer, correct? Because they weren't around the entire well, look time. At Arizona like, state. They're in, ball in the, in the time. Unbelievable. Since, uh, you know, when what, I forget what year it became a sanctioned sport in the NCA, but you're the, you have the fourth most national championships in college hockey. Yeah. You're a blue blood. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're ahead of blue bloods that people think of in Boston College, BU, Minnesota, uh-huh. um, the mm-hmm. old Denver, Michigan, and North Dakota are the ones ahead of you. And so it's Den- crazy. Denver, riddle Michigan have nine. North Dakota has eight. You have six. Next three that I mentioned all have five. So got a riddle. They can catch up to you. Pretty if you're soon. a blue blood in a college sport, we'll we'll liken this to college football so that I understand it myself. <laughs> if I'm Alabama. And I'm a long-time blue blood that I'm down for maybe 10, 15 years. Yep. I go and get Nick Saban. Even if you had a, a pretty solid coach, <laughs> you can go and replace him Honestly, with a better coach. I don't coach. know who you go get. That's a- Mark Johnson, the Nick Saban of women's hockey. I, that's I believe a, that's why that I'm, has passed. That's why I'm using this as an example. Like USC had, had a lot of success in the past. Pete Carroll kind of revived that in the early 2000s. They were down for a little bit. They went and got Rick Lincoln Riley, another top coach in the country. If you are a blue blood, why can't Wisconsin go out and find another top coach? Yeah, and th- like I said, this is one of those things. Like this top coach, I, I didn't don't work. know who who those people are. <laughs> like I don't know hockey well enough to be like, oh yeah, go get this guy. This is why I'm using it in a yeah. in a football net <laughs> comparison because. I don't know those names either. <laughs> we got when we'll, we'll, we'll ask Barry about it when he gets here next. I mean, there, am there, I wrong on that thinking? It's like if you're that one of those top programs in the country, if you brought in a big name like Tony Granado and it didn't work, shouldn't you easily be able to say, "Well, we'll see you later. We're going to find the next big name." 
It's yeah. just like Alabama finding Saban. It's just like USC. Yeah, because look at all your history Riley. and you're winning. And like, look at the guys we have in the NHL. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's one of those. Uh, I'm not even there, a big hockey guy. There's but, enough good coaches out there that it, it's kind of crazy. They they played for Bob Johnson, <laughs> and now they're getting towards retirement age in yeah. in, in itself. But there's enough people, or Jeff Sauer. There's there's enough college coaches at a whole bunch of levels that played at Wisconsin that, I mean, who, it, you don't need a Wisconsin guy. Right? Here, here, here we go. Here, I got a new new follower, uh, Ebo says, uh, Whisk Luke. Hey, Whisk Luke. Luke the law hand. He's a big hockey guy. Uh, he said, tweeted at you too, Rowdy. He said, awful defense and occasionally better than average tending are hallmarks of the Granado era where he's had two winning seasons and of one of those was the good portion of an eaves for your cycle. Uh, see, Eves had to go because the boosters were tired of his boring offensive style, and those last two seasons were they were a bad they portion bad. of his four-year cycles, yeah. but were just too low of lows. And Granado's other winning season was one where we had the best player in the country and the best player here in a decade or more and saw postseason embarrassment rather than success. Yeah, when they oh. lost in the postseason to Bemidji State, we were all like, what is happening? We and now were, they said like the ice, the slow ice, this and that. There was some excuses coming out. The, the, they lost. It was crazy. Remember, we were at our very first golf simulator. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it, Luke. And we had it on the TVs. Yep. And people were complaining about like the soupy ice. Yeah. But still, you were a one seed with the best player in college hockey against Bemidji State. And both teams are playing on that soupy ice. Yeah. So thank you, thank you, Luke. Appreciate the insight. We're, we talked. It has been one of those. They have had horrible goalie development. Yeah. Like, well, so, um, we, and I don't know if they have a dedicated, even volunteer assistant goalie coach right it's now. crazy how much history you have to where you are right now yeah and it's not too long ago of how we bought him out too with eves yeah i know you bought him out again like it's crazy oh what was the year we had nick lacari um who's the guy who ended up at anaheim this is the um, most hockey we ever talked about barry by there the way. was another big recruit that came in and nick cardillas yep what, a uh, rising? Oh, you see that? Yeah, look hey, at this guy. Is, was he playing at the one game you went to? No. <laughs> he he was buddies with one of my friends. Okay. <laughs> well, I'd, I would imagine that, so men's hockey used to be a moneymaker. It's clearly not making money now. Like, like I said, with the amount of attendance they have, you're probably losing money every time you turn the lights on in the club. Women's side. hockey's got to be a moneymaker now. I mean, they're juggernauts. I don't, I don't know how much... Neither do I, yeah. but I'd imagine they would be making money. But that's money. also why they don't mess with that program. Yeah, and yeah. also, then you look at women's it's volleyball. Winning. Women's volleyball is a huge money maker now. Again, I don't know how much money they do make, but I know they make money. Yes. So, I mean, at least Wisconsin's got that going for them. Two really good women's programs. Wow, the odd thing uh, heading into this season, he's 82, 82, and 13. Who is? Granado. Jeez. That's what... <laughs> like, that would, right. be, that would be unacceptable if you were at a blue blood in college football. Yeah. If you were there for what? How long has he been there now? Eight, nine years? Since 2015. Oh, 2015. Why was I thinking 2013? Well, regardless. Granado. You've been there uh, six years. He was hired 2014. Imagine if you hired a coach at Ohio State for six years and he was a 500 coach. Right. He wouldn't have lasted six years. Well, you get that, and I don't like this excuse, but you get that. The COVID stuff and like, well, look what we had. We you know we you know won the Big Ten. We got coffee. I don't even yada, know if yada. you can use that as an excuse for them. That was their best years. Well, I know what I'm saying. Like you get like like look at what I did. Look what I did. It's like okay, well that was one right. year. Yeah. And you rode Cole Caulfield. Well, you want to get into Brian Gutekunst today in the front office for the Green Bay Packers. Not many people have been talking about Goody and this roster that he's assembled. Boys, can you name one Packer this year? Because the team the team's almost the same. Can you name one Packer this year? That's doing better than he was last year. 
David Bakhtiari. Okay, there we go. From not playing to playing somewhere. David Bakhtiari. But that's, yeah. And that's the easy one because clearly he didn't play last year. And he's actually, in his pro football focus grades, has been playing pretty good football when he's on the field. It's just he hasn't been consistently on the field. They've been working him back. But, yeah, other than David Bakhtiari because he didn't play last year, it's really hard to find somebody that's playing at a higher level. And that's the problem. That's Aaron, part of the problem. Is Aaron Jones? When you'd have to go look, we'd have to go look at his numbers. I don't know his pro football fo- uh, focus numbers off the top of my head like some of the other guys, but still, he hasn't gotten the football very much. So I, I almost feel like, can you say he's really playing better if, if they don't give him the ball? It's the same thing with... A.J. Dillon has regressed from last year. Yeah, it's the same thing with... Um, like when you look at the the but secondary, he's not used either. Wouldn't you say that the secondary <laughs> on paper is better than it was last year with a healthy Jair and a healthy Stokes and a healthy Rasul Douglas? You have three top corners. Well, they're not being used, right? like, but yeah, but exactly. But they're they're playing a lot of zone. They're not playing man. So I would say that the corner position is better, but they're not being used correctly. I think that's an easy same thing you could say with Aaron Jones. He's better. He looks better. Your buddy Rashawn Gary, is he playing better this year? He's averaging one sack a game. Hey, I actually, I have beef with a lot of you Gary stands out there these days. Did your your mic get messed up again? Yeah, there we go. There you go, Rhodes. Um, This time was on the side. Oh, one of those. I lost the washer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, I do have some beef with some of the Gary fans that get yeah, in my mentions. Out. What's beef? So, you know, you a lot of people like to look at pro football focus for like how these people are, are grading out and playing. And if you remember why I wasn't a huge fan of that Rashawn Gary move, he was a project at 12. He had a shoulder issue. He had the, you know, he takes plays off at Michigan. He wasn't necessarily the best defender on that Michigan team, even though there was a lot of good ones, but I saw this. And the reason why I had to bring this up today, because I sent it to our listener, Gavin in the DMS. Whatever happened to Gavin used to call in a bunch. You said you're going to call in every one of the three guys that I said that I liked. Cause remember they were having offensive line troubles at that time where they could have used some more offensive linemen. Now remember they went out and they signed uh, Wagner, I believe that year. Yep, that was the year they signed uh, Turner. So yes, they went out and they they did go get guys and make that line better. And let's not forget the line ever since Goody got here and he went out and did did those things has been really good. But one of those guys that I liked was Lidstrom, the guard coming out of, I believe it was Boston College. He is the number one right guard in Pro Football Focus this year. Seems okay. And the other guy that I liked, if we were really going to go into uh, the edge rusher, was Brian Burns, who uh, career-wise has actually still been a better player than Rashawn Gary, even though his was more, you know, came in like a lion, has exited like a a sheep. Rashawn Gary. The month of May. Rashawn Gary has six sacks on the season. That's tied for second in the NFL. Yeah, he, he. By the way, he's got six sacks. There's a lot of guys that have six sacks. He's tied with a ton of them. Tied second in the NFL, six sacks. But yeah, he's going to get his over as as long as he doesn't have. It a was major his over under again. It was eight, eight and, and a half, half, which was just wildly low. Uh, but I just had to bring that up because I saw that yesterday and I was like, huh. Let's no see crap. I'm trying to think of other Packers because I take heed every time he gets a sack. Oh, I see it on the Twitter. My mentions get blown up. Mason Crosby already doing better. He has yeah. not missed a kick. That's a good yeah. call. That's a yeah, Mason Crosby. Got one blocked. 
Well, well yeah, it wasn't his fault. Uh, well, it was just the special teams being special teams. Mason Crosby doing a little better. All right, so uh, let's see here. Our guy B-Rail on Twitch says Alan Lazard is doing better. I mean, he did catch a, t- a sick touchdown pass. Do you really think he's doing better, though? I feel like he's just kind of is. He's just there. Yeah, he's like... The pa- who's doing good on the Packers wide receiver? I mean, Romeo Dobbs, I guess. When yeah, but he wasn't there last year. He's he's no, yeah. not in this conversation. Uh, let's see, Rowdy. Speaking of mentions, and when you talk about Rashawn Gary, Rob Lowe's hat oh. just tweeted at me. Our guy Juice Man Joe forty one on Twitter. What's up, Joe? Said after this past week, he said, please inform Rowdy this. After this past week, Rashawn Gary narrowly overtook Micah Parsons. For the highest pressure rate in the NFL over the last two seasons combined. Now, and Juice Man Joe is a Michigan man, by the way. Micah Parsons has been hurt this year. Indeed. Now, we're talking about Gary had a bad toe, but he's played in every game. Micah Parsons has missed time. So, I mean, what I did ask the question, who's doing better as a Packer this, this, this year than last year? Gary does fit the mold for that I would question. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, let's see here. Rashawn Gary, Mason Crosby. Who did you say, Rowdy? Um, David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari which, purely by health. Same that's, with that's Jair an easy Alexander. One. Um, do I dare say Amari Rodgers? Ah, no, he, no, he, no. He th- Josiah DeGuara? You got to consistently get on the field oh, for yeah. us to throw yeah, you into here. Josiah DeGuara? Well, the only reason I remember Josiah DeGuara is because Amari Rodgers. <laughs> Bob like, Tunyon? Big up injury to now <laughs> scoring. I don't know. Alan Lazard, I, I can't really see if he's. He's not doing worse. I don't know if he's doing better. But that's the re- we were talking about this on Pooley's last Friday. I, w- I basically said every single player that you expected to play well hasn't been playing up to the level of their ability. And that's why a lot of these units, when you look at the Packers, whether it's the offensive line or the, the secondary, yeah. a lot of them are slight thumbs down. It's not like they've played awful where it's like, man, this guy should Okay. Really consider retiring. In- he, he looks terrible. Instead of saying Amari Rodgers, what about this? Everyone on the special teams not named Amari Rodgers. Because mm-hmm. oh, I can't really say that after the game that just happened, though. But they were up to, what, 11th in the league? I do yeah, believe. and then they had the game that happened game. against, you know, <laughs> the Jets. So when you look at this team and you're like, who is doing better than last year? It's few and far between. I mean, obviously, they're 3-3. Three and three You know the who I think is playing the, the worst? The floor. Well, he doesn't play. Co- sorry, coaching. <laughs> Devondre Campbell has oh, been a the the inside linebacker position has been a huge issue. Now we talk about you know Joe Barry and him not blitzing and him playing zone coverage because he got a lot of talent in the secondary. Like overall, the corners have still played pretty well. Like when you purely look at the numbers. Like for the passing yards they've given up. Now they've given up a lot more than they should give up because of the stupid zone coverage that they've been playing. But the one the one noticeable thing that is terrible, and it's the reason why teams can run. Because I think if you look at it and that was Kenny running. Kenny Clark, he's been a constant. Yeah, he's been, he's good. been solid. Jaron Reed on the defensive line has played a lot better than anyone else anticipated. Dean Lowry has been meh, but that's basically Dean Lowry's career. Yeah, meh. And then at the same time, <clears throat> Devondre, uh, Devonde, Devante Wyatt, he's been meh. meh. But a lot of those other guys on the defensive line have been pretty decent to okay, where 
the one big thing why all of a sudden these teams can run on them even even more than they could last year is the inside linebacker play. I mean, they had to cut Ty Summers, a guy that was a big-time special teams player, because all of a sudden you looked at that inside linebacker position and you go, okay, well, we have Devondre Campbell. He was a stud last year. We just drafted Quay Walker. He's a, an amazing athlete that was as a great linebacker in college. Chris Barnes. He was a guy that just two years ago had to be the number one inside linebacker for the Packers, and he was serviceable. He wasn't great, but he was serviceable. You could get away with playing him on a lesser defense. Uh And then they drafted Isaiah McDuffie, who he was starting to light it up on special teams. And Ty Summers fell that low on the depth chart, even though he was a guy that at one point was your third inside linebacker and one of your better special teamers. You had to get rid of him. Well, look at the inside linebackers now. Devondre Campbell has missed more than twice the amount of tackles Mm. that he did all of last season, and mm. we're only a third of the oh, way into the last year. year. He missed four, four tackles the entire year. <laughs> he missed nine <laughs> in the first five or six games. Then he got paid a five-year contract, and guess what? But that was one what? of the question got marks. Lazy. That was nice. one of the question marks that got we paid. had, was it not? His pockets are weighing him down. He was an average player at best in his other stops, like yes. with the Falcons. And we're like, I hope to God that's not a one-hit wonder. Now, a lot of people said, well, he's a better scheme fit with the Packers. He's a better scheme fit with the Packers. Okay, I, I, I can see that. Maybe that's true, but he has to prove it. He hasn't proved it in the first year of his, what, five-year deal? Yep. And then Quay Walker. Quay Walker is a good athlete. He can run sideline to sideline like Devondre Campbell. Head on a swivel. He was on arguably one of the best defenses in the High history of motor. college football with that uh. Georgia Bulldog team. First one in, last one out. But guess what? You go to look at his pro football focus. I think the best graded out game that he's had was like 46. And that's that's average. All right. Not doing it. Every single game that he <laughs> every single game that he has been graded out in pro football focus has been average at best to be low average to poor. Now we have seen we have seen flash plays from Quay Walker where he had like that strip. Oh, yeah. we, have, we have seen some flash plays like where he runs sideline to sideline and makes a nice tackle where he holds the guy a couple yards short of a first down. But overall, it's been very inconsistent and not really that great, so we'll especially get, from the first round pick. We're going to get more into Brian Gutekunst coming for you today, Goody, about your draft class and your inability to go get a honestly the F word, a wide receiver. Unbelievable. All right, uh, real quick, uh, i got to tell you what we have uh, got going on this hour. Uh, but first, Tom Sawyer tweets in at T-Saw underscore two. I loved your book, The Adventures. Of, I loved your book. Tell Mark Twain we said hey. But he said uh, to our guy, Juice Man Joe, he said, I love hearing the wise words of Juice Man Joe on Over the Line early this, uh, this morning. Hashtag Juicy. Uh, so love the, love the listener. Um, you know, people tweeting in Adebo says or Rowdy underscore Razor, RJ's Brock Talk 84. You got it. Uh, Tom Sawyer, though. Great book. Love your book. Some great adventures they had there. Mm-hmm. Right, RJ? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about Great Gatsby earlier. We were. Yeah. Yeah. You read uh, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer? Tom Sawyer. Huckleberry Finn. Oh, yeah. If you want to uh, have some more adventures of Tom Sawyer, he's tweeting at me at T-Saw underscore two. There it is. Rush did a song about him. Rush did indeed do a song about him. He was in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He was. Tom. <laughs> Tom Sawyer, we appreciate you tweeting in, brother. Absolutely love it. T- Tammy. Absolutely love it. The Green Bay Packers. Brian Gutekunst. Of all the people getting uh, you know, the, the, the lash from the public, Goody has been um, not one of them lately. What and how has Brian Gutekunst been 
this year with the Green Bay Packers and the team that is obviously with Devontae leaving, you're like, okay, well, there's the void of a number one wide receiver. And what did he do with that void? Well, I think just in general, being a GM, if you're hitting on 50% of the moves that you make, whether it's in the draft or free agency, you're normally doing a pretty dang good job. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of a crapshoot being in the scouting department, being in a general manager, or anyone that is in that type of a field. Well, at the same time, you you look at what Gutekunst has done, and I would say overall since he took over in what was it, 2018, mm-hmm. this team and this roster has gotten head and shoulders better. Just the depth of the roster, kind of the the turnovers that he had to do from 2018 until what we've seen the last couple seasons. Yeah. I think overall he's done pretty good work. Now, since Brian Gutekunst took over that offensive line that normally under Ted Thompson was pretty decent, but there were some years where it was pretty lean and there wasn't a ton of depth. Once some of the starters went down, he has not only had in his entire tenure with the Green Bay Packers, a really good offensive line, but also a really deep offensive line. This is a guy that's normally drafting two, three uh, offensive linemen in a draft and making sure that the trenches and the offensive side of the football are taken care of so that his quarterback, his four-time MVP quarterback in Aaron Rodgers is upright. Mm Mm-hmm. This is probably the worst offensive line so far through six seasons that the Green Bay Packers have had since Brian Gutekunst yeah. has taken over as GM. I'm hell, go look at that Jets game, and you're like, oh my God, Rodgers on his ass constantly. Now, they did let a few uh, you know, a few different people walk, but, a, but the majority of the line is actually the same. And I think on paper, when we look at it, you got guys back like you were you were missing Elton Jenkins, who's arguably your most versatile, maybe your best offensive lineman. Yeah, you got him back. You got David Bakhtiari back and he's playing, if not the full game, the majority of snaps now the last few weeks in games where and he's getting graded out pretty good when he is playing. He hasn't played in multiple years. You got him back. Mm-hmm. You brought back a Josh Myers who has been there now in his second season. Second round pick, Josh Myers. And and he played decently well as a rookie. You brought back a John Runyon who's now in his third season. He's, when given playing time, has played Pretty pretty decent. Yep. And then obviously you have your right guard where right guard has been your worst it's Royce Newman and but that's the thing it's like Royce Newman will play good one game and then the next game he, he looks just totally incompetent <laughs> yes you're like what happened to this guy like what's going on and then the right tackle has kind of been a revolving door do you want Elton Jenkins to play right tackle do you want Yash Nyman to play right tackle yeah like you're kind of juggling these things Man, I don't know. On paper, you look at it and you're like, okay, well, you brought a lot of these guys back that have had success. Like, let's not forget that Yash was their third string left tackle, mm-hmm. and he was playing like a solid starting left tackle last year when Bakhtiari went down, when Elton Jenkins went down. You have a lot of these guys back, and I, like I said, I get that you're working Bakhtiari and you're working Jenkins back in, and they're only going to get stronger. They're only going to get better. But it looks like you might have to do some shuffling because look at the draft picks, the draft picks, Sean Ryan, he's been inactive for some games and and he was a guy that a lot of people thought could compete for a guard position mm-hmm. on this team. And that was knowing that Runyon was coming back and had been pretty solid going into his third year. And what happened to Zach Tom, by the way? 
That's that's the other one. They another, were loving that guy early on. Another pick that a lot of people loved it in the draft, myself included. A Where's lot of people been? loved him in, in training camp and in preseason. And hell, even in the first game when they put him in there, when Minnesota was carving up the offensive line week one, he looked pretty decent. A lot of people are like, where the hell is this guy? Well, right? we haven't really seen him surface since. And then Rashid Walker, the seventh round pick, which a lot of people love the value on that pick because he was projected to be a fourth or fifth rounder that, that kind of fell. Mm-hmm. He's been inactive. So now two out of your three picks have been inactive more weeks than they have been active. And Zach Tom hasn't really been used like you thought they were going to use him, especially early in the season when he was flashing. But we continue to see guys like Jake Hansen fill in. <laughs> the guy that was the third string center only a couple of years ago that now you're trying him at right guard. He's the fourth least su- successful Hansen brother too, right? I don't understand what you're doing on the offensive line because – Again, on paper, there's a lot of talent, and it's a lot of guys that were there last year. I know you lost a few guys from last year's team that were serviceable players, but you brought back a ton, and from the most part, a lot of people thought you drafted pretty well. You grabbed three offensive linemen. I think this is a coaching thing. Why? Why do you continue to play Jake Hansen at right guard? He's not good. He was the third string center two years ago. And he's not good. And so you look at what Brian Gutekunst has given the chef to cook with. Is the, is the chef using the ingredients that the, the guy who out there, uh, the grocery shopper went out and bought? I think everyone knows what they have to do. I, I think at this point with the health that your team has, you got to kick Jenkins back inside to the guard position. You got to move Yash out to right tackle. And then roll with that. I mean, if you had a guy like Royce Newman, who's kind of a looks good sometimes, doesn't look good other times, that sounds like a, a serviceable backup when needed. You know what I mean? If you had yeah. a couple injuries, yeah. But for him being out there right now at the at the well, right he just guard got position, torched on Sunday, we've seen that Yosh has played well. I mean, we've seen that Elton Jenkins inside is arguably one of the best guards in football. Yeah. Now he's still building back, but I think. The offensive line, I feel like, can be figured out. That's more on coaching to be, what the hell are you doing? Why are you trying all Brody, these is things? Is he going to build back better? He said he's building back. Well, just like ours, it ain't building back better. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're going to go right there, and we talked about some you know, of the uh, draft picks. On inflation in his knee. Let's, let's talk about uh, some of the draft picks in the wide receiver position. Like yeah, you, yeah. All right. So Brian Gutekunst, look at the wide receiver position. There's we knew that you traded away Devonte Adams. So there's a glaring issue. You trade away Devonte Adams. You're like we are devoid of a number one wide receiver. So what does Brian Gutekunst do? What the Packers have always done since 2001. You don't get a wide receiver with your first round pick. You went with Christian Watson, who now is uh, the hamstring injury is bugging him. And I'm not going to ridicule Brian Gutekunst for trading Devonte Adams. It was a guy that. Well, Devontae wanted out. Wanted out. And they gave him. Wanted to go west. They offered him more money, more guaranteed money. The Packers did. Turned down your money. Wanted to play closer to home. Always loved the Raiders. His best friend was Derek Derek Carr. Carr. Like, you had to get rid of him. Might have a gambling problem. That's why he went to Vegas. You had to get rid of him because you didn't want to be there. And you couldn't keep him. Now, you got a first. By the way, shoving equipment people and cameraman down is not the Packer way. You got to go to Vegas and the Raiders to do that. You got a first and a second round pick for him. I think overall that's pretty solid value. Like you're never actually going to get the exact value that these great players in the NFL are. No. Like the Herschel Walker type trades. Yeah, it's not. Those yeah, don't. It's not those don't come around every day. The Ricky Williams type trades. It's not happening. Those aren't available basically since Jimmy Johnson is like, hey, here's my draft formulas on what value is. Yes. No one ever does those deals anymore. No. 
So getting a first and a second for Devontae Adams and remember clearing his cap space because that was a big issue in the last year. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, a solid move. Uh, again, on paper, it looks great. But well, what, what did you do with those draft picks? Now we talked about Quay Walker being drafted, but you use that draft pick to draft Quay Walker and to draft Devontae Wyatt with yep. your top two picks. You went Georgia, Georgia. You went two Georgia. defensive players. Georgia. Now, obviously. And Packer, then to the chagrin of Packer Nation, like, I can't believe we didn't get a wide receiver with the first round pick. And we talked about Quay Walker earlier. He's been a guy that's graded out as average to below average every single game so far this year. But we've seen flashes. We have, yeah, I mean, we've yeah. seen him strip guys, make nice plays. We've seen him run sideline to sideline, make a tackle a couple yards short of the line. But we've also seen a lot of the growing pains. And yeah, a lot this of you're going to get growing pains and guys getting their feet wet. You're going to have good games, bad games. But Devontae Wyatt has kind of been a disappointment. Jaron Reed has outplayed him. Yeah. I would say Dean Lowry's ahead of him. A lot of the guys on the defensive line that you were hoping that being a first round pick, he could come in and, and be kind of that run stuffer, uh-huh. be that alternate guy next to Kenny Clark to make some of the plays when Kenny Clark's eaten up all those blocks. He hasn't been that he's been a disappointment as well. And he's, honestly so, been worse than Quay Walker. But, so you haven't gotten much from that first round pick. And not only that first and second round pick that you got for Devontae Adams, there's you obviously have a glaring void of a number one. So what does he do? You get the guy who's a little raw on Christian Watson where he comes from North Dakota State. Um, that, and you, you know, use that second round pick to double up both of your second round picks to go up at the beginning yeah. of the second round to draft Christian Watson. Because remember, that was the second pick in the second so round, you're going to replace Devonte Adams with a guy coming out of North Dakota state who many says, well, he probably, he's a late bloomer. He's probably going to get his, uh, you know, come around in the NFL in year two, year three, and a really big jump then. So you're already waiting. Now he's got a hamstring injury, missing some games. Well, and that's the other thing with Christian Watson. Everyone knew that he had the intangibles, right? He was, he was tall. He was fast, mm-hmm. but then there were some question marks. You know, like what kind of competition did he play playing at North Dakota State? Right. Is he going to be a guy that can really come in and play that well right away? Probably not. There's going to be growing pains like you explained there. He might be better year three and four Mm -hmm. than he is year one and two. But he's somebody that's got the intangibles to grow and be a great receiver. But how do you couple that with the fact that Rodgers is at the end of his career on maybe a three year deal and this guy's not going to be good perceivably till his third year? How does that make sense for replacing Devontae Adams? I think the bigger issue. I know you still got to look at the future of it when you're GM. I think the bigger issue is that we don't even know what Christian Watson would be just in a normal rookie season. Like we have seen the very first play of the season where he was wide open for a 60 yard bomb and it hit him right in the hands. He dropped 70 plus routing and two and now he's hurt. But I think the biggest thing is we, we have said for the longest time, well, at the end of the year, this offense is going to be better than the beginning of the year. I still believe that, but also part of our reasoning for saying that is that those guys at the receiver position were young. They showed that they have some talent and they would grow. Christian Watson is not being able to grow because he can't stay on the field. Look at the training camp in the preseason. He had his knee cleaned out. He decided to put it off after the draft only to do it for training camp and preseason. So he missed time. Didn't have the ability to have live snaps. Didn't have the ability to go out there and practice with Rodgers. Didn't build that chemistry. And now all of a sudden a hammy's got him out the last handful it almost feels like the last two months but obviously it's not we don't but see it. yeah he's not playing he's not getting those reps that you thought and anticipated he would be getting to be that much better at the end of the year 
And so, yes, your second round pick that you used both of your second round picks to go up and get has now not done a whole lot. He's been on the shelf. And now the only other receivers that you brought in in this draft are Romeo Dobbs, which that fourth round pick, I think everyone looking should nice. be happy with. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs looking nice. Like he's going to, he's, what is he, the second best wide receiver on the team right now? He's got 26 catches so far this season for 234 yards and a couple touchdowns. And being a, a, Non top 100 pick. It's been a solid hit so far totally. for Gutekunst because in a perfect world, Romeo Dobbs is probably like your fourth or, or fifth receiver on a really good receiving core. Mm-hmm. Well, the Packers receiving score stinks and he's probably, <laughs> he's probably number two right now. He totally is. And then you drafted Samari Toure, which I think a lot of people, myself included would have argued at the time you drafted him. That was probably a draft pick because you had so many seventh round picks. You had four yeah, of them. You just had to make one. You made a draft pick because you might have liked a guy and he was going to be a preferred free agent where a lot of guys would yep. be talking to him. And you're like, well, like this guy even makes the team. Let's just throw this draft pick squad. his way so we don't have to get into preferred free agent discussions with other teams totally. and how much we're going to pay him. Totally. But this was a guy that I know he played well against the Wisconsin Badgers, but did he really. Make did the did the Badgers or Badger fans really fear him? No. When he was playing at Nebraska? No. No, exactly. No, not at all. So if you're not gonna fear him at Wisconsin, which I know they had older, more experienced secondary and corners, so they were better than they are this year, clearly at Wisconsin. Yeah. But still, if you're not gonna fear them in college, are you really going to fear them at the NFL, especially as a rookie? Coming into I would it. say probably not, but exactly. I mean, some guys come up the charts and whatever, but I would just say probably not. And then let's look at your, your pickups this season. Well, let's, you, we'll do that after the break. Right? Well, you signed, you signed Sammy Watkins hasn't been able to stay healthy. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. Randall next. Cobb is injured. We'll do that like we'll everyone do that. else has not been able to stay yeah, healthy we'll or has not, not played up to we'll do what that. they could be. We'll do that coming up and hear from Rogers as well. Uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Bill. Hey, Billy. What's up, Bill? Rowdy, you're awfully calm this morning. Oh, I feel great. The Brewers have been eliminated for nearly <laughs> three weeks. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm going to switch and become an Eagles fan. You know, you became a Braves fan. Maybe I'll become an Eagles fan. Bill, you don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> then, you, then, you, then you want to be with our guy, Ben Kenny, when he gets in. That's tough. Hey, good for him. He's <laughs> hey, gonna, he's from Philly. So, yeah, I mean, Bill, that's, my new favorite team is whoever I bet on. <laughs> You know, you know, guys, I hate to bring this up, but I hear everybody talking about, you know, going out and getting a receiver and using one of next year's draft picks to get a receiver. And, and two years ago, remember Devontae got hurt for like four games? Yeah, Aaron Jones balled out for those four games. Well, not just Aaron Jones, but the other receivers, and everybody thought it made Rodgers a better quarterback because he had to look at the field. Yeah, yeah, well, he opened it up. Yeah. Well, I would argue that our group of receivers now is better than that group of receivers two years ago without Devontae. And maybe Rodgers just has to start, you know, maybe this will be the weekend where he starts looking at the whole field. Yeah, we've been saying that for, what, six games now? Maybe this, maybe no, that? No, we haven't. I'm just, I, I, maybe, I don't know. And, you know, as far as coaching goes, I mean, I don't blame Gudikins for this. But although I will tell you, Christian Watson, do you really, tra- this is kind of like Trey Lance a couple years ago. Do you really trade up to get an FBS player like that in that that high it's more of a gamble see i never that, really i that, that was the move i didn't like i liked romeo dobbs because of his production because he was a guy that played at nevada and when he played power five he actually still played well had multiple thousand years billy. seasons uh, 
here on, Christian Yoatson was a huge gamble, and now the gamble you can't even see if it played off because he hasn't been healthy. So Rodgers opening up the field, Bill. Uh, this is the uh, the targets from Sunday: twelve to Tunyon, nine to Lazard, four to Jones, nine to Romeo Dobbs, six to AJ Dillon. Then everyone else gets one. It's kind of open. Like he's kind of opening up. Well, and you know, I I just I, I you know I'm afraid to come down on Gudikins too wrong because I was so wrong about uh, uh, what's his name, the edge rusher, Gary. Rashawn Gary. I mean, I I thought, why would you take him in the twelfth? Yeah, we all thought, we all thought that. I know, but I was. Well, we we were right there with you, Billy. But anyway, you know what? I um, we're not going to get better. Our coaching is horrendous. <laughs> uh, and you know, Rogers. You know, Rogers has to get off off his uh, Venezuelan drugs, and then he'll be fine. Or hey. he got, has to feel the pressure to go win, and then he'll choke in the playoffs. <laughs> You've seen this movie before, haven't you? Don't you feel it? No, oh, I mean, feel like we're going to do well. That's what we've done every year, and then <laughs> it's like you face a little adversity, you rattle off some wins, and you get to the playoffs, and then watch well, us beat the Bills. Oh, t- totally! It, it'd be a total <laughs> Packer move, Billy. We love you, man. Take care, guys. See you, Let's go to the phones again. All the way in Mount Horeb, love Mount Horeb. Todd, what's up, Todd? How are we doing today? Hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, well, we're trying to figure out this Packers team, man. They're kind of confusing. How about yourself? Well, it is a little confusing, but the number one problem is Goot. Gooty! T- tell me more, Todd. Tell me more. It all started when he, well, before, but mainly, you guys haven't even brought up the fact that he drafted a number one a quarterback in the first round <laughs> that was probably a second or third round, and we didn't need at the time. That was the, probably the most shocking some move. Other player. Yeah, that was the most shocking move I think he has made was the drafting up of Jordan Love, who <laughs> looks terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It was awesome. You guys don't even mention that. And then he, where's our number one receiver? He could have tried to sign uh, Adams before all of this happened. He waited way too long for that. He's too arrogant. Way too arrogant. I think he could, well, he does come from the Ted Thompson tree, right? Where uh, they're set in some kind of weird old time way. And then he, he says he'll be more involved in free agency. Well, I mean, what has he really done in free agency? I know uh, defensively he's kind of bolstered a little bit, but when you have such a glaring issue of no Devonte Adams, like what are you, what are you going to do to correct it, to bring in a true number one wide receiver? I don't think it's going to happen. It's pretty sad. You know, we've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for what now, 30 years. Yeah. And two Super Bowls. Yeah. And and a lot of that's on good. I, I don't buy into this thing that he's done. He's had some okay picks. He's had some crap stuff. But I think his, his whole demeanor is part of the problem. He's too arrogant. Oh, I love it. There's too many egos there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's professional sports, too. Ego, ego, ego. But so let me ask you before I let you go, my man. Uh, Packers this season, how are we feeling? Are they going to turn it around or are we getting in for a long season? Well, if they don't get a, some kind of help at receiver, I don't, I don't, and I don't even know if that will help because yeah. – to get somebody in there and work them into the system, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling real great about it. <laughs> hey, Todd, thanks for calling in, man. Don't be a stranger, all right? All right, thanks. All right, see you, buddy. All the way in Mount Horb right there. Uh, Rowdy, G- Brian Gutekunst. I mean, that's what we were talking about, the status of the team right now. And, um, you know, when the chef is, Matt LaFleur being the chef, cooking, you know, the, the meal, someone's got to go get the groceries. Well, how are the groceries that Brian Gutekunst has gotten us? Yeah, we were talking about the offensive line and some of the draft picks. We mentioned the first two draft picks in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt and how both are pretty much underperforming from what you expect from a first-round pick to come in and, and be a legit player on the team. Yeah, And then we started getting into the wide receivers. But I think we can't forget that 
not only did they bring in Christian Watson to kind of be the guy that was supposed to blow, you know, the top off the defense, be the deep threat. Romeo Dobbs was kind of, uh, he's an all over the field player. He can catch balls down the field. He can work sidelines. You can throw it to him at the line of scrimmage. He was kind of the all around guy that didn't have necessarily the ceiling that Watson did. Yep. And then we mentioned Samari Toure. But then when you look at some of the other guys that they had surrounding them, it was the ghost of Randall Cobb. Who Rogers championed to come in for. Now, I will give Cobb this. He has played pretty well has, this season when moments. he was healthy. But now, again, he's shelved. He's hurt again. Was it two to four or four to six weeks? It was four, four weeks, I think he said, because he got good news on his ankle. It doesn't but even still, matter. It doesn't even matter because it's it's again Randall Cobb is injured. Yeah, and then Sammy Watkins, another guy like Cobb that when he's healthy, he's a vet that has been pretty decent but in his career. Maybe injured. he fell a little bit short of what a lot of people expected because he was a number four overall pick by the Bills years ago, but still a solid receiver that at his best could have been a good two for the Packers. Yep. Again, hurt hamstring on his flight to training camp and then <laughs> it re-aggravated it in season he's been hurt yep. now there were some rumors saying that he's getting closer and closer like to being Sunday healthy he could play. but still he missed time Cobb's now gonna miss time Alan Lazard was supposed to be your number one receiver <laughs> nobody in their right mind says that he is above a three on an above average receiving core mm-hmm he has even missed time. Remember, he missed the very first game. Good touchdown they, on Sunday, but yeah. They have had arguably four out of their top five receivers missing time already in the first six weeks. And we knew that this was going to be a offense where they were going to start slow. Yes. And then you take away that their their weakest position, which was wide receiver, is now going to be missing four out of the five top guys. Stuff. Of course they're going to suck. Yeah. You you know, just because there's there's good chemistry between Aaron Rodgers and Jawan Winfrey, and, and yeah. you know he likes Winfrey, doesn't all of a sudden make gonna Winfrey be a number two or a number three yeah. receiver? Just because the they guy like each is other, like a six, seven, or eight. Yeah, just because they are buddies doesn't mean he's all of a sudden be you know cemented as a number one wide receiver. The talent just. I there. actually think on the offensive side of the football, yeah, obviously I would have wanted them to do more at the receiver position. I was never a huge fan of the Christian Watson. Uh, yeah. draft pick. I thought there were some other wide receivers that were out there that I actually preferred, but you can't go back and change things to quote, um, <laughs> to quote David Stearns. There oh. are no redos. I thought you were going to say bites of the apple. I was about to freak out, but I, I will say this. They do have upside to still grow as it's only week six. I think the biggest issue here is the fact that they're all injured. They yeah. haven't been able yeah. to, but Another another thing is, no doubt I want to see them go out and have signed a, a bigger name yeah, wide we'll, receiver. We'll talk about that no doubt out. I wanted them to draft, you know, maybe those top six receivers in the draft that were seen as really good. No doubt I want to see them make a move for DJ Moore, who would be the most electric wide receiver on this roster. But here's the thing. Their history says they're, they're not, not going to do that. They're going to continue yep. to bring in the Ty Fry Fogels of the world. Yeah, who they just tried out the other day. Exactly, for tryouts Some bum. and piece it together because that's what they always yep. do. Yep. First, I have to I have to say something involving with the Razor's Edge. We also got to say good morning to one young Ben Kenny. Yo. Hey, Benjamin. Hey, guys. Guess who got a win on the Razor's Edge? I, 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 I know Nelson did. I pray uh, he continues to back the teams that 
emotionally that are losing yet continue to bet on the Phillies because it's working. Hey, Rowdy, you are betting on the Phillies what? In the playoffs. Yeah, we are undefeated betting on the Phillies games. So. He is your rabbit's foot. He is your good luck charm. Continue. You can uh, actually thank spots. me, not them. Yeah, thank Rowdy. This team's going to the World Series. I said Team of Destiny last Friday and then to you before that, and I was scoffed at. I said I have felt Team of Destiny vibes because our blind guy, Dave from Monona, called in and said that too. He's, yeah. a, he's a clairvoyant. Yeah. Yeah, Dave from Monona was the very first person that I heard with the Philadelphia Phillies love like two weeks ago that said this team's going to win the World well, that's Series. that's because he wasn't watching all the games. <laughs> well, he was listening. Because they were losing. <laughs> he was listening. <laughs> they lost every game. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It feels different. It's unbelievable. Petco Park was a complete disappointment last night. Hey, Bryce Harper, uh, he's doing it for you guys, eh? Yeah, Kyle Schwarber hit one 500 feet. Yep. If you guys sweet. didn't have Bryce Harper, this team would have been eliminated in two games. Like, Bryce Harper has been incredible this postseason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been incredible since he signed in Philly. Great hair, too. Yes, kind of become underrated in a way. But His yeah, hair? The, the Petco Park scene, just a complete disappointment. Mm. Not much juice in that park for a team that's, you know. It's California baseball. Yeah. yeah. Like, Kelly baseball in 2018, is... the NLCS between the Dodgers and the Brewers was going on. They would have games in L.A. where it was, like, half-packed. Really no energy or no loud cheering at all in those games. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I still hold it against some people in the organization with the Milwaukee Brewers about a couple games and how it went and why the Brewers didn't make the World Series. But, you hold uh, something against someone, Rowdy? No. Um, Josh Hader pitched great last night, though, didn't he? <laughs> hey, at least he's in the. He's, at least he's there. Brewers are the on the couch watching. David yeah. Stearns is like, I helped. I had a hand in that. And something I forgot to say: uh, Rob Thompson, the man uh, behind the sticks in Philadelphia, pulled a pitcher after seven scoreless oh, yeah. innings. R- Rowdy, Rowdy said this multiple times. But he's been waiting for you to get in here to say this too. When his fastball went down five miles an hour, he handed the ball over to two dudes throwing absolute frisbees that were never going to get touched. And the only thing that kept the Padres in the game was an error. Great move by the manager again. Rowdy, before we get to the Razor's Edge, do you want to tell Ben what you said earlier? I was not watching the game. Peaky Blinders was calling my name. Really? Oh, big Peaky guy. I, well, He's re-watching it. Yeah, because it takes, takes forever for those, it takes forever for those freaking seasons to come out. And then COVID hit. So it's like, okay, I watched the first three, four seasons. And I had to wait like 10 years. I got to pick my memory back up and rewatch it. But anyways, I watched I've only seen the first episode. I watched majority of that Cleveland New York game and basically said piss on the Yankees and piss on Major League Baseball because this is BS. Anyways, so then I I started Peaky Blinders, watched parts of the Phillies Padres game, like watched the last inning and a half, did not watch the ending of Wheeler. That was where I was on my phone. But me, just in general, so I do not know what his velocity was at or whatever. But just in general, for a guy that was seven innings, one hit, one, one walk. walk, eight strikeouts, oh, seems great. Seems to be rolling. Phillies, out of all the teams left in the playoffs, I would say by far has the worst bullpen. I think you would agree. Except for the two guys they pitched yesterday who are completely well, untouchable. And now this is where this is where I could 100% see... I actually don't mind the Phillies tonight. The only thing that's scaring me a little bit is the market. That's why I didn't have them for the razor's edge, but I don't mind the value with the Phillies. If you can get them as an underdog, but if Nola gets beat up tonight, 
and all of a sudden, say the Phillies claw back into the game and you're going to need good relievers and say Sir Anthony Dominguez, by the way, great first name, Sir Anthony, that is one. He's knighted. No, no, no. It is one name. He only threw like nine pitches, though. Well, well, He's say, available. Say your piece, and then, a day and then say Elvarado, they use them again, and all of a sudden you blew through your bullpen tonight. Oh, you got to win the game, though. I could see, I could see you crying down the se- later on in the series, <laughs> no saying, chance. "But the bullpen no is shot." When they had opportunities no to stick no with starters, you got to win a game when you have a chance to on the road. Nevertheless, I just don't get why everyone thinks <laughs> that, that the guy on. that would have thrown seven innings, gave up one hit and one walk. Why all of a sudden he would have lost the game for? No, you. he was spectacular, but they were. I, his fastball was down to 93 and a half, 94. It was at 99 to start the game. Well, he that still, could be playoff NLCS He hasn't been choose. throwing like 100 max pitches for a while because he missed a lot of time. I thought it was smart. His stuff was starting to fade. You got to get out in front of it. You saw it with your boy Strider, uh, Mr. Strider in Philly. Fastball dropped five miles an hour. The Phillies score six runs on four pitches. Now, he also didn't pitch for like a month. I know. Wheeler's not different from that. He was out for a while. Yeah, but he came back. He came back in September and, and made starts. Yeah, I trust my and boy he's... Thompson, though. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he does everything right. No now, what, what would you have said if Joe Girardi was pulling this string and made oh, the exact same move? I would have had an absolute mental breakdown. <laughs> if him or Gabe Kapler, who I still love, if any Kapler's of them had done it, I would have gone crazy. But I trust Topper. All right, so Ben, your trust is in full trust in Phillies. So if the bullpen gets taxed and they start beat up, you will not be crying tomorrow. Well, if the bullpen gets taxed, it's because Nola gets rocked, and they're going to lose anyway if he gets rocked. So that's what I think Rowdy was saying. Yeah, yeah, but I just don't want you saying no. Both Sir Anthony. If we get to game uh, three or four where the bullpen's a little short and they use two guys they maybe didn't have to use, I don't want you crying that the bullpen's short. Oh, I won't do it. Uh, the bullpen's already short. They only have two good guys, but they could pitch. What about every game. Robertson? What is he looking like? I know he was off the roster, but he's back. Yeah, yeah he's, he's back, back on. I don't trust him, but he's back. All right, Rowdy, uh, let's let's squeak, uh, squeak that razor's edge in. Yeah. Thanks, so ben. last night got a win with the Phillies. Again, Wheeler pitched well, had just enough offense thanks to a Harper home run and a Schwarber home run. We'll take that win. We are now, f- I believe, it's five and one in Major League Baseball playoffs. <laughs> So far on the Razor's Edge, Two. and I think I think three out of the five are Philly games. Weirdly enough, go Phils! But fighting, Phils, I digress ben. with that. Some of the games that we already had from earlier this week, like Notre Dame minus twenty four and a half. It looks like it's still right around that number. I do like LSU minus one and a half. That also looks like it's right around that number. And I took James Madison minus thirteen. That's still currently twelve and a half to thirteen. Got two more picks for today. Very first one, we're going to go with the one that actually plays today. Going to take the Houston Astros on the run line, minus one and a half. You look at this total, it started at six and a half. It's now creeping up to seven. The reason why I like the Astros by more than a run is because Justin Verlander has been downright filthy. He's going to win the AL Cy Young Award. And then on top of that, you go through, because remember... We actually took the Mariners. Remember when we were watching it at Pooley's? Yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember. Well, the Mariners are like the only team in like the last few seasons that ever get to Justin Verlander. And normally when they get to Verlander, it's because they hit the long ball. 
Yankees hit the long ball in bunches, so when they're hitting them, they're hitting them. When they're not, they're definitely not. But I would just like to fade the Yankees because Verlander has been so good. Jamison Tyon is arguably the worst starter that the Astros are going to see in this series. Also, on top of that, the Yankees have had that weird schedule where they go from New York, or sorry, Cleveland to New York, now to Houston. They've had the rain delays, but one of the other big things when we're talking about bullpens is that Yankees bullpen has not been as good the second half of the season as it was in the first half of the season, and they've used them a ton in that Cleveland Guardian series. A lot of those guys like the Peraltas, the Holmes, and some of their better uh, relievers of the world, they were used three out of the last four days. They really haven't had any days off outside of that rain delay, and they've been playing a lot of games. Plus, just in general, remember back in uh, late June when I said I thought the Astros were clearly just a better team than the Yankees? The Yankees were winning a lot of close games. Yes. That came to fruition. I remember that too. Yankees fell apart. Astros continued to win and, and dominate. They had rest. They got to rest their team. The Houston Astros have one of the best bullpens in baseball. They're going with one of the best starters in baseball this year. Again, Tyon is a guy that they've got to in the past. He's arguably the worst starter for the Yankees. Their bullpen is taxed. They're tired. They've been traveling. Plus, on top of this, the Houston Astros are slightly better hitting right-handers than the Yankees are. I think all of this points to... Even with that total creeping up from six and a half to seven, I like the Astros minus one and a half on the run line. And then for football, football, going to go back to college, going to take the Pittsburgh Panthers, going to go plus two and a half against the Louisville Cardinals. Louisville's do it all quarterback uh, Malik Cunningham. I believe his name is he was out with a concussion. Now he is still questionable for this game. He is their do-it-all. He is their runner. He is their passer. But Louisville, just in general, is 3-3. Three and three. Had some pretty poor losses. Haven't necessarily played as well as some people thought they were going to. But then Pittsburgh, on the other hand, they're 4-2. and two. Yeah, they had that brutal clunker where they lost to Georgia Tech, but they lost to Tennessee in overtime. That win looks really, really good at this point. And outside of the one clunker, They've played pretty well. Keaton Slovis is another guy, came from SC, can throw the football around. But I think one of the big things that Pittsburgh has found out the last few weeks is that they can run the football and run the football well. I think they'll have advantages in the trenches with Louisville, both on the defensive and offensive side of the football. And Cunningham, he may do it all. He may run, he may pass, but also he does another thing. That's turn the football over. I like Pitt catching points here. Give me Pitt plus two and a half. So just a quick recap of what we have. We have the Astros minus one and a half today. We have the Pitt Panthers plus two and a half, and then Notre Dame minus 24 and a half, LSU minus a point and a half, and James Madison minus 13. Let's go, James Madison. Probably have to change the name soon. All right, 608 321 Twitter is at Joan and Madison. Ben, feeling good today? Feeling it? Riding the riding the vibes? I, I don't mean to rain on your parade. NBA did start, though. Oh, I don't care. And all. your Phillies got beat by the Celtics. Get Glenn Rivers out of here. He's <laughs> he's Joe Girardi. You've been, you've been riding, you were riding high the past couple days. I, I don't want to bring you down with the Phillies, the 76ers. 
Excuse me, not the Phillies, but the 76ers. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 76ers a, do play the Bucks tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's right? the start of the Bucks yeah, season. The Bucks are going to smoke them. Let, the 76ers you are see a that? loser franchise. You see how long that is. Well, I think that's also written in permanent. It's written marker. in permanent marker, but it's up and up there that's for never years. Happen. And it's never come to fruition. No, and, and that was written in 2018. I think it was 2018 because it was when Kawhi Leonard so, hit the shot. It's a dry erase board we yeah. have that sits behind Ben in the producer's suite, and someone. It's not my handwriting. It's my handwriting. Oh, Rowdy used permanent marker on the dry well, erase board. Some dumbass you were put able a, to get up that high? Some dumbass put a, a permanent marker right along with our dry erase board. <laughs> wasn't me. That that wasn't. What's the, is that one in permanent marker too? The Wisconsin, what, what is the? That's W's. I had Minnesota, you had the Bears for most season wins, and I won that one easy. And that was 2018 as well? 2018, 2019, yeah. And that's also in permanent marker, just green. Instead of I think blue. that was 2019. Who? Who leaves permanent markers on the dry erase board? That's what I like. Who does that? That it's not me. Fault, I, it was me that wrote it on the board, but I did not put permanent Whoever markers at the dry erase the board. The 76ers to win a playoff series. Not me. Must have been Nelson. Oh, no, no, no. That for was that? no, that was for um what was that for again? I don't know. That was for if they the, met in the playoffs. Because, but it never ever came to fruition. It was like 18 they didn't make it. Then the Bucks manufactured a loss to yeah, Take and it never, it never happened. Yeah. The only one that happened was the green one that's still up there. So people probably want to hear me shut up by now, which I understand. Well, you're in sports talk radio. Like, you need to talk. So and I will eventually. But everybody is welcome to kind of slide towards the Phillies bandwagon, if you so wish. I was told it's America's team. Out of the rest of the teams left, the two AL teams are the most hateable teams in baseball oh, history. Yeah, I mean, Astros are a bunch the of Astros cheaters. Who are you guys cheering losers, for in that? I think it's important. Are stuck up losers. I would. I. I lean more. I'd like to see the Astros go than the Yankees. Just I like Dusty Baker, but I, you despise both. Because hear me out. Because Yankees fans equate to me as Cowboys fans and Lakers fans. Like they're all yeah. like the front runner fans. They're all a bunch of losers. Like I don't. Yeah. They're all like turds. No doubt. I'm on the Astros for different reasons. I think this solidifies yeah, that they are a good team because, like the the past World Series, everyone can say they were cheaters. This could say, well, they they took out a lot of that cheating technology, and look at we still won. Plus, I think it shows that if you're a small market team like the Brewers, look at how this Astros team Astros has done. Look at how they how they yeah, built this good. winning. They tanked for how many years and they got all those first round picks and not only did they hit on those first round picks, they had some really good international signing which we've seen David Stearns now do, start to do here the last few years and some of those guys are starting to surface, but I think so, it shows that with tanking and and actually stinking for like a five year tank Brewers have been taking their entire franchise. Yeah, no, I, no, they are right on the middle of mediocrity. The, well, that's the good problem. Enough to not be bad. That's the problem. They have so, never made it up and down because they continue to be an eighty-two type win team where trust the you can never get better. Brewers? Don't ever bring trust the process because we were just talking seventy sixers. Oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. A total Ponzi scheme. So I lean. Joke. I think we all lean Strohs. Let's go Strohs. For the yeah. ALCS. My point was, and the obviously teams, you're the Phillies. The teams in the NL are more likable. But if you sit back, no, and they're, all, they're of, still they still suck. You're a fan of the sport of baseball. The Padres are a bad team, by the way. They're not winning this. I want the Padres to win it all, just to rub it in David Stern's and and Mark Anastasio's face. True, because a hater. But I, there's something about the Phillies that are they're likable. They're fun. That's they're fun. I don't really care for Schwarber. 
You can hate Harper. You can hate Schwarber. I don't hate Harper. He's got great hair. Those dudes coming out of the bullpen are just downright filthy. I hate all the teams that are still left. I'm going to be Rob Lowe sitting in the stands <laughs> with Rody just a Major League is Baseball. Not not major League Baseball hat on. If the Brewers don't hate it. Grumbling old man that's only rooting for my bets to hit. Yeah. So there you go. I got grumbling you. Well, old young man. Everybody is welcome aboard the bandwagon. Uh, how, line one, who's this? Boys, it's Sean. Hey, Sean, what's up, dude? Uh, do you take oh. up Ben on his bandwagon for the Phillies? No, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's I, okay. I, I feel like I feel like a week ago someone talked about how the only good team left to cheer for was the Padres, like by default. But um, oh, who's that? Who's that? I, I don't remember. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was I, I thought it was you guys, but maybe it was Bill Michael. Something in the afternoon. I don't know. Oh, anyway, Ben would have been uh, all slobbing over the Phillies on the Bill Michael show. So it's probably us. Uh, I think it was us and the Phillies, or I'm sorry, the Padres. So we could rub it into the Brewers brass face. Oh, uh, yeah, that too. I mean. Let's not talk about that hopeless. Yeah, yeah. What do you got in your mind? Hey, what do you got in mind, Sean? The important thing that you guys need to know: if you write over a permanent marker with a dry erase marker, you can wipe it right off. Like, <laughs> I'm going to try right that over right the now. top of the permanent marker whoa, with whoa. a regular dry erase, and then it will wipe off. How do you know this? Because uh, I, I have also seen other people, definitely not me, screw that Are up. There any markers? And then yeah, there's someone here. Google, Google. Oh, there's someone here on this fridge that's not plugged in. There's some dry erase markers, Sean. It's supposed to work. No, I don't. I'm oh, now he says it's supposed to work. He YouTubed I, it. I, so I TikTok it. Work in person. I don't know how long ago Rowdy screwed that up though, so I can make no promises. Hey, 20, 2018. I did not years. screw it up. Someone it's put, never. It's never Rowdy's fault. Just keep that in no, mind. no, no. Someone put the permanent markers on the dry erase board. I never got the markers. I just used them. But they're like different markers. Like the dry erase <laughs> ones are like big fat. Like, do you I think, think when I'm in like deep Rowdy? argument? In conversation, and I'm grabbing something, not looking, but screaming at the other person yeah. while writing on a board that I'm paying attention to what kind of marker it is. Well, oh my God, it works! One's like girthy, and one it works. Oh, it works. Ben's doing it. It works. You know, guys, this is Sean. You're hired. Sean, you need a job. You're hired. You're hired. Yeah, I, I mean, I could do Rowdy's job fairly easily. Yeah, just scream right and hate everything. Marker. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> no, I don't think also, that's in his job also, duties. But that's funny. I, I, I gave up. Um, so so I I kind of worked. She said TV earlier this week that we, without realizing it, Packers are in rebuild mode, and it's really sad for all the fans. Like we just have to accept the fact that we are going to have to be in rebuild mode. I don't accept it. I don't accept that. I don't. I, I know. I know. I know you. I know you're a diehard. Just like you think Badgers are probably going to you know go to the college football playoff this year. Don't but. no, Sean. Let's. Oh, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> But they are going to win every game. You can never bet against hey, them. Hey, right? I did bet against them um, against Northwestern. And then they won. Did you really? I did. I, I, I missed that. No, I did. I, it was the first time I've ever said the Badgers would lose a football game. Well, you should do that this week. You should do that for every game from now on then because maybe it'll hold up. Um, All right. Well, right here. All right. They're going to lose to Purdue on Saturday. Man, don't if that take gets taken out of context, you're in trouble. But I understand. That's fine. Understand. People take my takes out of context all the time. It's fine. I'm always yeah, hedging my fair. bets. I'll that's say something fair. completely different in you know next segment. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, well, I just called about that dry marker thing. I'm oh, hey, real quick, Sean. Real quick, Sean. Are you telling me that you honestly believe that the Packers are in a rebuild right in, rebuild mode right now? A quiet rebuild. I, so I I think. Oof, man, this is a tough take to put out on the on the. Everything's recorded. Either. Everything is recorded. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is not good anymore. Um, I also kind I of think, believe, and I'm a huge Rodgers apologist, but I think we're seeing the end of Rodgers. Me, me, me too. I think he still has flashes, right? That <laughs> throw he had to, I think it was Lazard, right? Sort of in the, in the, there that was like, man, that is the Aaron Rodgers that everyone expects. 
But then you see drives where he's just like, well, I'm, I mean, no, admittedly his line was a sieve, but like he would just throw the ball past guys and then just like shrug his shoulders and give that look on the sideline. And it's like, no, like you got to take your first read and you got to take four yards to Romeo Dobbs on an inside cut and just deal with the fact that you will no longer be able to make big plays, you know, eight times a game. It's just, you, you, you can't do it. And the offense isn't built for that anymore. So but, um, <sighs> my buddy and I, um, we've been sleuthing on Instagram and I don't, yeah. th- I'm going to break the news right here. I don't think anyone's talking about it. I'm going to break with you, Sean. Okay. You know how we always talk about Rodgers and relationships? And like how oh, like no. if he's got a girlfriend and screws him up, this and that? Yeah. Well, I think it's the opposite here. I think Rodgers found love in Blue of Earth, this, this, this hippie witch chick. Yeah. Blue. I've been digging on but Instagram. I've been digging on Instagram. She okay. has not liked any of his pictures for almost a month. <laughs> Wow. I think. You know, well, she's maybe she's sick of liking all the no. Bose headphone posts. No, no, no. She, she was in that uh, that Burning Man, whatever the hell that is, where like a bunch of influencer chicks go do a bunch of psychedelics and drugs and then they go dance in and the then desert. They leave all their stuff out there. Yeah, they like, leave all their bikes, like, but they think stuff. they found yeah, like yeah. total consciousness. I think, <laughs> I think, which sounds fun. I would love to do it. Rogers, I think, is heartbroken. He wasn't out there and Blue of Earth may have moved on from Rogers. She has not liked one of his Instagram pictures in like over a month. I know, man. I think he's heartbroken. Like, you know, selfishly, I hope so, because I think that guy plays better when he doesn't. So have right, but I think this time he did. He cared about her because now he's all hippy dippy, and the whole, yeah. the hippy dippy chick that she is said no thanks. Well, good, good. Maybe he can start winning some games and focus on football. Breaking news. Not, not paying him <laughs> well, maybe she put a spell on him. Ooh. Yeah, you know, you should tweet that out. Breaking news: Rogers and. Blue Ivy or whatever her Blue, name is. Blue, not, that's Jay-Z's kid. Blue of Earth. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that shows you how and which I am. So, um. Hey, Sean, I'll tweet it right, out. Okay? I'll, I'll, I'll mix for, something uh, up for you. Okay, buddy? All right. Talk Let's see you, <laughs> I don't know. Do I have a hot take now because everyone else is jumping off of this bandwagon? Has this take become hot? What? Aaron Rodgers isn't washed? Is or isn't? Isn't. He's he, not washed. He's just heartbroken? I think there's obviously been a disconnect with maybe LaFleur in the offense and some of the younger guys. We saw that four out of the five top receivers that aren't great to begin with have been hurt now. And a lot Blue of them Earth are young. Them. Tight end is what tight end is, and the offensive line has been a mess. He's not washed. Is... Really? Yeah, I think he's cooked. All right. <laughs> wow. Is the... Do I, we I have someone in for a relief pitcher? We're like super late for this. I now have the hot take that Aaron Rodgers isn't washed. So Rowdy gonna about face. And I'm not this hippy dippy guy. You know, that ain't my thing. <laughs> no, Rowdy, you're full of hate. You're whatever the I, exact opposite of the hippie I'm, is. And I'm still saying he's not washed. What's the opposite of and the hippie? I'm not an Aaron Rodgers apologist. I told him he was being a. I want to go to Burning Man with Rodgers and win Blue of Earth back over. Rodgers, what did I your call court. him an asshole? Uh, that like, was a few years ago. Like every time he plays lately? When I'm not I, an apologist. When did He's I call just him an asshole? Washed. I think that was in 2018 when I said he was also missing plays. Oh, on well, purpose. he was trying to get Mike McCarthy fired. I called him an asshole too, then too. I'm just I know Sorry, the Sorry. hot the hot take A-hole. is now that Rodgers isn't washed. A-hole. Because everyone thinks that this is rebuilding. Trade him. He stinks. Blah blah blah. No one thought that two weeks ago.